good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome uh, to the Daves I Know. I'm going to call this sub-episode, 298 sub-episode uh, Alpha. Um, not a full episode this week. Uh, MJ needed the week off, um, and uh, after the particular week that uh, the team had, neither Jess nor I felt super up to recording a full podcast, so wanted to put something in your feeds, um, maybe just give some overarching thoughts. Um, feel free to just delete this one now if you really want to. So anyways, um, so long story short, obviously, uh, Minnesota had two matches this week, um, lost both of them, uh, 4-3 in LA uh, on Wednesday after being up 3-1, and then a 2-1 loss at home uh, against St. Louis. Again, after being up one nothing late in the match, so I don't know how much more there is to say about this team. The um, the team has conceded more uh, points at home um, than they did than they ever have in a season. Allianz, which has purported to be a fortress for the Loons uh, and for for Wonderwall. Um, is not that this year. Now, it's not to say that um, it can't be that going forward this for the rest of the year, but clearly something has changed, is is broken in regards to the play at home. Um, no one has been able to put their finger on it. Uh, and it's frustrating because as someone <clears throat> who's in the Wonderwall um, every game, uh, some of the loudest crowds I've ever heard in the Wonderwall have been this year and have then been followed up by completely um, disappointing, just jaw-dropping incompetence at finishing off games. <clears throat> and that is not, you know, it's, it's maybe it seems worse than it has been in the past, but it always felt like when Minnesota got a lead, they would at least hold on um, those even in those first few years where the team was just hot garbage they didn't lose uh, 3-1 leads um even on the road right um this team even you know even at TCF right if this team got a lead at home they saw the game out and especially at Allianz um you know the last several years um they get a lead at home they find they find a way to win that game right um i it's the stunning the number of points that have been dropped um, in this game in this in this season in the last five ten even fifteen minutes right um, and it has been there's been some <laughs> frustrating substitutions um, in terms of just taking off our best players um, there has been some opportunities for us to bring on um, some attacking players and the same thing happened so it's it's clearly something is rotten um, in 
I don't want to say in the in the dressing room, but there's something that is happening with this team that is not allowing it to achieve its full potential. And I think you all know where I stand on that. Uh, I think clearly there's there needs to be some, you know, even if this team makes the playoffs as say the nine seed and goes on the road and maybe steals a game, and so then they still get a home game. Um, I, I, you know, barring winning MLS Cup, I do not think that there's anything that should justify the front office, um, any of them, honestly, maintaining their positions. It's I, the team has been constructed. This is probably the most talented team that Minnesota has ever had. Uh, and, you know, they've dug themselves a, a bit of a hole with Ray, but, you know, that first, those first results of the season were decent, right? This team played well in spite of Ray, and maybe they just got complacent about that and figured that once he came back, um, everything would be fine. And everything looked fine for uh, a little while, especially during League's Cup, right? They made a good run there. Um, they got a little bit lucky, honestly. Um, it's hard to play down 10 men and, and, and see games out. Um, Liverpool is, is a great example of that, but that's not sustainable. You know, whether you're um, one of the best teams in Europe, like Liverpool, or you're a team in MOS, you just can't do things like that. And the number of so, sort of idiotic fouls um, that this team has, you know, that have turned into, you know, second yellows or red cards, um, is flabbergasting. Let's that's let's just you know say it what it is, right? That's a mental thing, and that is that you know say what you will. Um, you know the coaches aren't the ones who are out there um, with the reckless challenges, um, but you can a- attest some of that to the coaching. You know the lack thereof, the lack of having mental preparedness, um, and you know is that fully on? The coaching staff, no, because the players are professionals, right? These are guys have been playing soccer for a long time, um, you know, for mo- almost <clears throat> almost all of their lives, and for a lot, you know, for a few of them professionally for you know five, ten, twelve years now. Um, I don't know how long Boxel's been in the league, but he's been in the league for quite some time, right? You don't expect a guy like that to make those kind of mistakes. Um, some of the younger guys, maybe, but again, with a team that has so clearly has so little room and margin for error um those errors stick out massively i go back to the first couple of seasons um if you listen to those podcasts that me and uh, david martin were doing they were number one we were very very drunk most of the time which is you know not where we are now we're a lot more stone cold sober um reacting to these things um but one of the things that we noted it seemed like every single time minnesota would make three or four mistakes per game you know sort of massive gaffes or, or failures and the teams would capitalize on them 90% of the time, right? Um, when we brought in Michael Parra and Ozzy Alonso uh, Michael, in, and Michael Boxel sort of had bedded in a little bit with the team, that those mistakes went away um, or they dramatically dropped. And then even when we did make the mistakes, we had Vito Manone, um, we had Dane St. Clair, Tyler Miller were, were playing, you know, as the goalkeepers um, were stepping up and you know, they can save uh, our, they saved our bacon several times, right? So, and that has been the case actually so far the second half of the year, right? Dane St. Clair's actually been playing really, really well and I think has saved Minnesota's behind a little a little more than people give him credit for, especially since the beginning of the year did not look uh, quite so great for, um, for our goalkeeper. So, I just, I'm, 
exasperated. Um, and again, that's why a full podcast last night uh, would just have been uh, this basically. And I, no one should be subjected to me just sighing and and you know complaining uh, for forty five minutes. So I'll just give you try and give you about ten. Um, I, there's a really great piece from John Marthaler. Um, if you don't subscribe to his Substack, sub he, he writes about Minnesota sports, but he's also obviously writes about the Loons, and he's been covering the Loons while Greeter's been on the uh, University of Minnesota Golden Gophers beat. Um, sorry for Greeter, because that is going from one sad beat to another sad beat. Um, but he pointed out that according to some of the you know the advanced analytics, um, this is the best that Minnesota's ever played at home. Uh, according to their expected points per game, which again, these are all, you know, these are fancy stats and stuff. They're expecting to have uh, 1.93 points per game, um, which is better uh, than their 2019 season, their opening season at Allianz Field. Um, but what's happening is that <clears throat> they are, um, their actual um, goal difference, so they're, uh, they're the underperforming. They're the second worst team in the last MLS last eleven MLS seasons um, in terms of underperformance at home. Right? Um, their actual goal difference at home this year is uh, two negative two, while their expected goal difference, right? This is the number of goals they should score is eleven point five. That means they're thirteen point five goals behind where they should be. These are all. This is all from American Soccer Analysis, and then uh, John Marthaler put this together in a substack. So that's just goes to show you that there's that there's something like said something wrong. Um now I don't have I'm not a I'm not a sporting director. Um I just try to play one on a podcast and so I can't tell you exactly what needs to change in, in this team. I can tell you and, and I think everybody knows where I stand where I think it needs to start. Um but that being said again, this is the most talented team that Minnesota has ever have, right? And in spite of Ray being gone <clears throat> for the first, you know, half of the or third of the season, um, the team has the team stayed in, stayed within shouting distance, right? Then they dug themselves a hole. Then they got out of it, and now they've just been digging themselves a hole again over the course of the last uh, month and a half, right? This is like this is like nut crunching time here, and Minnesota is the ones who was having their nuts crunched consistently, repeatedly, um, in front of their home fans, and that is. That is maybe the most frustrating thing is I could see and I would be frustrated with this team if they consistently did something like this, where, but on the road, right, where they would get these leads uh, and then they would cough them up late in games, right? That, that sucks and you feel bad about it, but it's a lot less heartbreaking than watching St. Louis do it uh, in front of the Wonderwall, um, in the Wonderwall while you're um, on the opposite end of the field, obviously, but, you know, while you're in the Wonderwall or to watch Vancouver do it at the death in front of the Wonderwall. Um, or to watch, you know, you name it, however many um, teams have done this. And for this team to just not be able to finish. Um, and I sh that's all being said, people like Bongi have really stepped up, right? That guy's been amazing this year. And I really hope his, if his trajectory keeps going like this, um, I don't think we'll have him by the end of next year. Um, I think he'll be sold off and, and, and good for him, you know, hopefully somewhere to Europe or whatever. Um, you know, Songbin has been a, a disappointment to start, but again, Remember, this is a guy coming into a new league, um, needs to learn the language. Um, Bongi was the same way, right? He had, and, and Songbin, like Bongi last year, is creating opportunities, is creating chances. Um, I think, again, he just needs a little more time to sort of bet in. Um, and I would, it would not surprise me if we see Songbin do the same thing that Bongi's doing this year, um, but for, you know, for us next year. 
you know, Reynoso is still extremely, extremely talented. Um, in terms of our attacking, our attacking talent, I mean, we have you know Fragapane, who you know I don't, I'm not a big fan of the guy personally, but you know he can put on a, a display, um, and he's doing a lot more tracking back when he is on the field, which is something that was sorely missing from his game um, the last couple of years. And so, you know, our defense is is, is getting older, and that is a, you know a, a point of concern, obviously. Um, they've tried to bring in some younger reinforcements to help, and those have been less than stellar. But, you know, again, this is like they have one of the best goalkeepers in the league um, on a relatively regular basis. <laughs> it's not maybe consistent, you know, across the entire year. But when Dane's on, Dane is one of the best goalkeepers uh, in the league. And, yeah, again, the the all this, you know, adds up to, I think, one thing, and, and I'll be surprised if, honestly, I, I'm not holding my hopes up that Adrian is um, relieved of his managerial duties uh, at the end of the year. But as as the sporting director and the manager, um, he's doing, you know, that's the old famous um, Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson quote, you know, don't half-ass two things when you can full-ass one thing, right? And I think that is kind of maybe the case here. Um, we have a guy half-assing two things. And I'd not to say, not to try to impugn, Heath's uh, integrity or or the or how he manages, but clearly something is not working, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad guy or that you know he is specifically the tactics that he's choosing are, are the wrong tactics. Um, but clearly they're not working with the personnel that we have. So I'm just going to wrap it up here. Um, keep this under 15 minutes. Uh, hopefully you stuck around for it. Um, I apologize for not having a full show, but we are getting very close to episode 300. Um, that should be in a couple weeks here. I'm trying to figure out a, a fun guest or two to have come on. So if you have any thoughts, uh, hit me up. Let me know um, any previous guests that we should reach out to um, or any new people um, that you think might be um, a good fit for for uh, interviewing on the podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we've been the Daves You Know. This is As you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.